This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad Gunner-Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey, and you are Gunner. <laughs> I am. I am Gunner underscore CW Lale now. We'll, we'll discuss that at the end of the show. Uh, for social media handles. Yeah. So uh, we'll start to show off right and just say that, you know, this uh, past Thursday night of, I guess a week ago or so, I got, I got the call and got released from my WWE contract. It's been a, you know, and I put a statement out, man, and just, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. Not, not mad by any means. I had five fun years there where I got to do a lot of cool stuff. I got to a lot travel all over the United States, um, wrestle in front of thousands of packed out stadiums, and just had a really good fun time with the forgotten sons, you know, doing the stuff with Elias there on leading up to the uh, first live raw that was in Dallas, Texas and had, had a good time, but yeah, or, you know, we, we come to terms on the end of my contract. So Noah, you know, I look forward to the future, what God's going to do. I think he's got some cool doors that are going to open up for me and uh, let's just see what happens, man. Yeah, I definitely believe so too. I, you know, I've talked to you a lot in the last few days and, and uh, you have that piece. It's amazing that last week's episode we were discussing uh, the peace of Peter, yeah, and and how he was sleeping the night that uh, you know the night before he was scheduled to be beheaded the next day, and right. you know he just had the ultimate peace of God. And uh, you know you've been a great example of that this week, every time that I've talked to you about any of this stuff, you've been upbeat, you've been looking forward to the future. Um, and it's just, it's just great. And for, for those out there who don't know what that piece is about, that piece yeah. that surpasses all understanding, you need to jump in with Jesus because it's only him that can give it. Amen, dude. And it really is. And it's not a front I'm putting on by any means. Cause Lord knows 10 years ago, See, I got released from TNA or Impact Wrestling in 2015, and it was more of a devastating blow, I felt like. And financially, uh, I wasn't as stable, you know, obviously, but it was, I guess my relationship with the Lord was not as strong then, man. So, like, I was telling my wife, you know, I was in church Sunday uh, doing some prayer and stuff at the altar, and, and I'm not boasting by any means, but it was one of those things where years ago there would have been, like, tears of worry and doubt. You know, mm -hmm. God, what am I going to do now? I have a five-year-old, I have a wife, I have a house, but not, you know, this time in church, it was like, it was the, that comfort and those tears of joy. And you like, like you said, it's that peace that surpasses all understanding, man. It was just, just calmness over me right now. And I contribute that to the Holy spirit, letting me know that he's got my back and uh, you know, just having that relationship with Jesus, man. And it, it's, that's what it's about. Just trusting in him and knowing that, you know, seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. When you do that, dude, he promises you whatever you ask for, you know, whatever it is that he'll be there and he'll take care of you no matter what. So I love it. I'm ready for the future, brother. Amen. So uh, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but we've not got around to it, but we felt led to take another detour off course this week and discuss uh, some verses in Romans chapter one. Um, so we're taking another break from our normal Acts Bible study this week, going to Romans chapter one. This chapter is very, very prevalent, uh, for the world today. 
And and I believe that it's very important that people uh, hear it and understand it. So we're going to do our best today with the leadership of the Holy Spirit to go through this and and to discuss some of these things because a lot of this that is talked about here is, is happening in today's society. Yep, yep. And we, and just to touch a little bit on Romans history, uh, this is I was reading how this is said to be uh, Paul's masterpiece. It was a letter to uh, to the church in Rome that I believe he did not plant, but it was uh, it ended up being this long letter to that church that is said to be his masterpiece. And uh, I got a few notes written down and he's just in this book, in this letter, he's urging and pleading for believers. So I think this is uh, something that we can talk, we can talk about today, man. He's, he's urging and pleading for these believers to live out their faith. And Romans 12, two, it says, do not conform to the ways of the world. He's, he's reminding them that we cannot conform to these ways. We can't bend to the culture that's telling us to think this way. Uh, We can't take, um, you know, what the culture is saying, hey, this is how you should speak, or this is what you should believe in. Uh, ultimately, Paul is speaking to this church and saying, what we need to do is hold fast to biblical truth, to Jesus as our cornerstone. And what the Bible says is God's word, and it doesn't change. It doesn't, it's not wrong. There's not some messy parts in it. It's true. And we have to stick to that. And that's not going to be popular. And he tells them that it's not going to be a popular decision, but we have to stand, stick to the truth and stand firm and, you know, not conform. Exactly. So we'll begin at verse 16. This is one of my favorite uh, verses in all of scripture. And it's one that I, I hold tightly to, um, you know, whenever I was first, when I first gave my life to the Lord in, in 2012, I had seen so many people and I'm not saying that, that we don't make mistakes. Uh, we all sin, we all make mistakes, but, I'd seen so many people throughout my lifetime who claimed to be Christians, yet when they would get around a non-Christian crowd, they acted and talked uh, just like the non-Christian crowd. And uh, I would consider myself in that group from the time that I was 14 to 26, because uh, during those years, I claimed that I was saved until I actually got saved. And I actually had an encounter with the Lord at the age of 26. I I told people that I was saved, yet my life did not line up with the word of God. My life, uh, there was no desire to change. And that's, that's what I tell people when, you know, because some people try to argue with me and say, no, you know, you were saved at 14. You just, you know, you just strayed away. And I said, no, here's the thing. The Bible says, in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and everything has become new. Don't mean that we'll never make another mistake, but it means uh, there's plenty of of scriptures in the Bible talking about you being new, and you should have new desires. Uh, not that you're always going to hit the mark, but your desire will be to live a godly life. So. That's what I can pinpoint and tell people. I was not truly saved because I never had a true desire to change after I went to the altar and said that prayer at the age of 14. But Romans 1 and verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's that's number one. So many people who claim to be Christians, whether they whether they are or whether they was like me, And, uh, you know, it took a lot of removing my pride and soul searching for me to realize that I was not truly saved. But there's a lot of people who 
they they've not done that. But the thing that we as Christians should understand is we should never be ashamed of the gospel. We should never be ashamed of Jesus. And when we're around people who are not Christians, we should not change. Our words and our actions should not change. Uh, We should be completely different. So verse 16 again, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Yeah. You got the word gospel here in the Greek translation. I can't pronounce any of this Greek. So dude, I'm not even going to try, but basically <laughs> it, it comes down to it, it. It translates good message. So you're taking this good message and it's saying, you know, you're not ashamed of that and go back to Romans 12 too. It's one of my, my favorite verses in Romans is just renewing, you know, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know, what you're talking about there is you're like me when I was 17 and saved into my twenties, you'd have never known because I would wake up every single day, do the same, you know, the same, single, uh, same stuff. And I wasn't being transformed by the renewal of my mind, or there's a Bible verse somewhere. I can't remember. You may know off the top of your head. It talks about clothing ourselves in Christ, like waking up, putting on Christ daily and presenting ourselves as holy, uh, as Christians, uh, presenting this good news to, to help, I, I guess, share the power of God and share this amazing message because it is salvation for everyone. So if you and I are on this podcast right now, preaching and doing our thing. And uh, they see us on Instagram, throwing back bruises and cussing and swearing. And <laughs> they weren't, dude, we're not, we're not portraying Christ. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're not sharing this good news. What we're doing is we're going to end up as we move on into, you know, Romans one here talking about the unrighteous living. That's where we ended up. You know what I mean? We, we forgot what Christ did for us and we're just living a life of hell. When I first got saved, you know, like I said, I'd seen so many people who had, um, they claimed to be Christians and they, they would uh, not live it. Uh, And one of the scariest verses uh, in scripture is where Jesus says, if you deny being before man, then I will deny you before my father in heaven. And uh, the Lord showed me that even though I would have claimed that I was not denying him, he showed me that I actually was denying him with the life that I was living Uh, by claiming to be a follower of his yet not doing, uh, you know, what, what I should have been doing, not living the life that I should have been living. I I determined early on and yes, I've made plenty of mistakes. Yes, I have fallen. Um, but I determined early on that I did not want to be one of those Christians who, who make Christianity look bad. I wanted, uh, you know, my life was no longer about me, my life, uh, was not about my wrestling career or my ministry or anything. My life was about being an ambassador for Christ, for being the witness for Jesus uh, that he's called me to be. And, and that's, my, the, um, that's the number one priority in my life. And, yeah. uh, you know, I believe that that's where God calls us to. And if we will be obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we should desire to be the best witness possible for Jesus. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to be a lukewarm uh, Christian, man. You don't want to be that person who someone who may have a, a problem, you know, that, that uh, they're trying to break or some kind of battle they're fighting, but they see that you, you know, you're doing the same thing. And maybe they think, Oh, well, it's okay for me to do that as a Christian. It's okay for me to go out here and party. Cause you know, 
Chad does. He's out here preaching on Sundays, but he's partying on Saturdays. So, hey, man, he can do it. I can do it. As we are giving the wrong um, example. We're giving, we're sharing Christ in the wrong way. And it's, and it's, you know, there's a lot of things that we, you and I've talked about that you see on social media where, you know, or I've seen it, man. I've, I grew up going to concerts with my dad where, um, as soon as you get to the front gate of the concert, went to a kiss concert at the age of 15 with my dad. And, you know, um, regardless of how you feel about kiss, I whatever, <laughs> but I remember there was Christians and I use quotations or, or little C Christians as Dr. Brown would say with signs, just screaming at people saying, you go in here, you're going to hell. And I was, and in my mind, that was before I was saved. I'm thinking, I don't think that was, I don't think that's what Jesus is about. And luckily I, I've been around church enough to know, and my dad enough to know that's not what Jesus was about. But my point is you, you have folks like that. You have, you know, uh, whatever it is, man, people are, are condemning others for something that they're doing and tell them they're going to hell. And it's not really, we're supposed to be sharing Jesus because we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. You know, right. So we need to portray this and we need to share this good news like Jesus would. And that's with love. doesn't mean we can't go, Hey brother, you're wrong. You should not be doing this because the Bible talks about that. Like you got to pull a brother aside sometimes and, and, and reprimand him or whatnot. But also we have to share that with love and not just start throwing hell at them. You know? Right. You mentioned that. And I've seen like the, the people at the abortion clinics and I've seen them at, yeah. uh, uh, there's a, there's a, a big name, like old school Baptist church. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but they, they've been on the news and they're the ones that go out with the, uh, the, the signs that, you know, talking about God hates, hates homosexuals and, and God hates this and God hates that. And you're going to hell and everything. Uh, it, think about that kiss concert. If those Christians there, instead of having a sign that was condemning, uh, had a sign that said, I'm here because I love you and Jesus loves you too. If you need prayer, yeah. come over here. You sure. Know, if you have it, or, you know, if they, they were talking to people and saying, Hey, uh, how can I pray for you? You know, what, what different message could we send instead right. of just beating people over the head? Yes. Uh, okay. So the Bible is clear about homosexuality. The Bible is clear also about fornication. Okay. Sure. Fornication that can, you know, male and female, uh, sex outside of marriage there. Um, yeah. that's in the exact same list with homosexuality. A lot of us straight people like to forget about that sometimes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, as well as drunkard, as well as, uh, covetous, you know, mm -hmm. all of these things they're lumped in, but we like to pick one over the other a lot of times, but, but how much different, uh, could these people see Jesus if, if we go to them in love uh, and tell them truly what Jesus is all about? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, some of these bands sing about that, that God would not approve of. But is it actually going to help someone by just going straight to them and condemning them in, instead of going with them? or going to them with love. I know exactly what it's about. When people used to tell me, Hey, you need to get in church or you're going to hell. You need to this, you need to that. Uh, what did that do? It drove me further out into the world. It drove sure. me deeper down in the bottom of that bottle. You know, I mean, we got to think about these things as Christians and we need to be led by the Holy spirit 
instead of just throwing junk out there that we think is what God wants. Yeah, very much so, man. Very much so. And it's, it comes down to Jesus uh, drawing the line in the sand and saying, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone, bro. I mean, really, there was only one sinless man ever, and it's Christ. And, you know, he shows us in the, in the word uh, how we're supposed to be as Christians. We're not supposed to condemn like you just talked about and throw uh, whatever's rocks at glass houses or I don't know how that phrase is said, but you know what I mean? But just we're, we're meant to share with love and truth. And that's what Jesus did. You know, he didn't, he didn't scream at the woman at the well. He told her what she did wrong, but he loved her and said, I can, I can give you living water. I, you know, this is something that, that we can share with the world. I think that's the problem, man, is you got, you know, you got uh, things that are going on in the world that whether it's abortion or whether it's not, these, these people are, are going through with this stuff because they're being screamed at because mm-hmm. they're being hated by these, um, once again, little C Christian groups that are out there and, and, you know, telling them that they're going to go to hell and what they're doing is this and that. And they're already feeling bad about it, man. It's right. like me when I'd wake up from a drunken night, I didn't need somebody pointing a finger at me and say, Hey, if you die tomorrow, you're going to go to hell because of that dude I already knew what I was doing was bad. I'm right. already being convicted by the Holy spirit. It's a matter of someone coming into my life, you know, after I was saved and, sharing love with me and me sitting down with them and pouring out my heart and saying, man, I've done this. I'm addicted to this. I need help here. And that pastor or that mentor that was a part of my life at that time could have easily said, well, fix yourself. You're going to go to hell. Dude, I already knew that. No, Mm -hmm. he grabbed me. He loved me. He shared Jesus with me. And he reminded me that no matter what I do, Christ is there with me. Christ forgives me, but I have to clean up my act. I can't continue to live in that sin. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're down a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think we need to continue this uh, for just a second because, sure. okay. So the Bible is clear that, uh, you know, a lot of people go to Matthew seven, they read the first verse, judge not lest you be judged. Then they stop there without going on down and understanding that he actually tells us to judge each other. Don't judge according to someone's appearance. He says in John seven, don't judge according to their appearance, but judge with a righteous judgment. Uh, so it's saying judge by the word of God, uh, not your own opinions, not somebody else's opinions, but by the word of God. We are to preach the gospel in love, and we are to plainly tell people what the Bible is clear on. Whatever the Bible says is sin, we, we don't back down from saying it, but we don't say it in a hateful way. We don't yell and scream at, at the, the person going in the abortion clinic and, and, and tell them they're going to hell and there's no hope for them and they're worthless and all that stuff. Okay. So some people get this, they get judgment and accountability mixed up. Uh, the Bible is clear and, and we can use Jesus as an example. We are to hold those who say they know God accountable. Okay. So uh, for me and you, if you notice something in my life that is off and right. you as a brother in Christ should come to me and say, listen, brother, I, I saw what you put on social media or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not exactly godly. It's not exactly sure. a good witness, you know? So it is our responsibility as brothers and sisters in Christ to hold each other accountable according to the word of God. 
we are not to judge the outsiders. First or second Corinthians six, I think it might be, or maybe 11. I don't know. I get those mixed up. It's Paul's writings and it's in, in Corinthians. So he, he says, don't have anything to do with those who claim to be a brother, but live in immorality. Right. Uh, and he says, I'm not talking about the people in the world. For if I was talking about the people in the world, you would have to leave the world. He said, I'm talking about the ones in the body of Christ who claim to be a brother or sister in Christ who are still living a life uh, that is outside of the word of God. Uh, We are to hold them accountable. And if they refuse to listen, we are to disassociate with them. That's the difference. He does not say go out and beat the, the person in the world, the, the person who's not a Christian. He, don't go out and beat them over the head. What did Jesus do? You just talked about the, the woman at the wall. He mm-hmm. went to her with love. He didn't beat her over the head. She was not someone uh, who truly knew God. Okay. So he went to her in love. You see so many examples of, of going with love and compassion to these people who are in the world. Yet what did he do to those religious leaders who claimed to know God? Yeah. It was basically, okay, you claim that you know God. Uh, well, you're a hypocrite. You're a, yeah. you're a brood of vipers. You're a snake. You know, so we're to hold each other as brothers and sisters in Christ accountable, but we're not to, we're not to go and, and spew hate-filled speech at the people in the world. They're, they're not saved. They don't know. Right. You look at if you, that reminds me of something you said that we're, we're meant to kind of uh, be there to pick each other up, to help each other out. And you go to Romans 1 12 and it says that uh, that is that we may be mutually, mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And, you know, uh, I put that sometimes we may encounter someone who has a faith that isn't firmly planted in Jesus. Um, maybe they were mentored by somebody in the wrong way, or maybe they were brought up in a, a, a church or a congregation that said, you know, if you don't do this, this, and this, then you're condemned. You know, it was about their works and not about their relationship with Jesus, man. I think that's something we have to kind of uh, remember in our walk that not everybody, um, I was blessed, man. I was brought up in church of God and saved in a church that never you know, when I got my first tattoo, I was 18 years old where the preacher didn't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I showed him one day, he goes, what's that on your arm, boy? And he put up my sleeve and he just shook his head, but he didn't do it in like, Oh man, you're going to hell. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I started growing my hair out at 17 years old, you know, and then some places like that, they're just being, you know, ridiculed in a church because they didn't wear a collared shirt or they wore a pair of shorts or uh, they got a tattoo. Well, we have to remember that man that like some, some people aren't brought up in these loving um, congregations or loving churches. And they have to kind of be, uh, I guess, remolded in a way, re reformed. And you have to remind them that that's not what Jesus is about, man. Like you, you have to understand. And it's, so that's where I think that it's not firmly planted in Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes their faith was built on rules and regulations, not on a relationship with Jesus. And, yeah. you know, it's just very important to me. Uh, I, <laughs> I was a, uh, I was a youth pastor at a, a church. This was 2016, I think. And I love the pastors. Uh, they were great people, but, uh, but the overseer, 
no disrespect, but he was an older man set in his ways and he had kind of been brought up in that old Pentecostal holiness where, you know, if you wasn't wearing long sleeves and long pants or if the woman wasn't wearing a dress and every inch of skin wasn't covered, then, you know, they were, they were not saved. They were going to hell and, and all this. And, uh, you know, I remember one Wednesday night they had started, uh, doing the youth services and, you know, allowing me to preach every Wednesday night in the, uh, just in the main sanctuary. So they just combined the youth service with the adults and everybody just came in. And, um, I had preached a message one night and did not know that this man was there. Um, he had come in and sat on the back pew, uh, just like at, at, you know, right when, right when I got up behind the pulpit, I had preached a message and it was, it was talking about this and talking about how, you know, we, we don't need to judge people coming in by their appearance. They don't, they don't know a lot of these people, they wasn't raised in church. And, and the, the real deal is um, when somebody comes in and gets saved, the Holy spirit will tell them what to clean up. Right. And you know, if the Lord convicts them about wearing shorts, uh, then that's their conviction. And they can, they can change that if they desire. But this man, uh, I had preached and I had talked about wearing shorts and flip flops and this and that. And that night um, I was wearing jeans and like a t-shirt. But a lot of times when I was talking to the youth, you know, I would go in whatever I was wearing that day, you know, t-shirts, shorts, flip flops, whatever. And that man, I heard him make a remark as I was walking out the door and said, yeah, that boy will never wear shorts behind my pulpit. And, you know, I went to the pastors and I said, listen, I love you guys, but the Lord led me to preach on the religious spirit tonight. And I said, I didn't even have a clue. That was the first and only time that he had ever come to one of my services. I said, I didn't have a clue why, because you guys are not judgmental. But I said, apparently the Lord knew that he was going to be there. And I said, I said, here's the thing. I said, I'm not going to cause a big split or a big fuss in the church. So, um, if he comes to you guys and says anything, then I'll just gladly step down. I'm not going to cause any ruckus with, with you guys or whatever, but yeah, man, so many, so many people are like that. And it's, it's really sad. Um, I heard Donnie Swagger one time. I can't remember the, the country, but it was like a tropical place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he was sitting up on the platform and the praise and worship was going. And he said, he looked to the back and, and a woman come in in like short shorts and a bikini top. And yeah. <laughs> he said like everything was hanging out. And, and he's like, he said his, his first reaction was he almost looked over at the pastor of that church and said, Hey, you need to give, get some of your deacons to, you know, tell that woman to put some clothes on or something. And yeah. he said, he started to turn to that <clears throat> pastor to say that. And, uh, the Holy Spirit said, shut up. Yeah. And so he said he just sat there and and preached the message. And she was the first one to the altar call. And she gave her life to the Lord that night. Wow. And he said, as soon as he got done praying with her, the Lord said, if you would have told her to put some clothes on, mm-hmm. she would have went out those doors and never came back. 
And, and that's just the perfect example of, yeah, some people don't come in, uh, you know, looking too decent, but God's got a plan for them to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So dude, it's now we're going to, okay, guys, as you're listening to this, don't say that Casey and Chad want, you know, women to show up at your church in bikinis. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> I've heard stories, man, where a homeless man or someone has stumbled into the church and they've kicked him out or removed him forcefully or whatnot. And, you know, there's a difference between, okay, this woman showed up that one time like that and, and got saved. And I'm sure she changed what she wore. You know, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, I will give you rest. They don't say, hey, come to me. But first, be sure you dress up and, and look your fanciest. You know, if you're broken and beaten and you're a drug addict, you're not going to show up in the finest clothes. You're going to show up a broken, beaten person looking for answers. And that's apparently what she did. You know what I mean? Now, there's, there's a difference if she kept showing up like that week in and week out, then you got to go, okay, hey, we have to right. do something about this. But what we're saying is just like, welcome these outsiders sometimes. Like I, I believe Pastor Jensen or someone said it, or I was reading somewhere, but you don't know what that uh, man, you know, sitting in the front row, front row with the dirty shirt on is going through. You don't know what that person uh, in, in, you know, beside you that, um, has rough scraggly hair. You don't know what you're going through. So before we judge and point fingers, maybe, maybe we should say, Holy spirit, you know, what's going on in this person's life or, or get to know them a little bit. Cause you never know these people could be at their last end, man. And just, just, they just need to be saved, bro. They just need to be shared Jesus and they feel his love. And then you see a complete transformation. If it's real, you know, you see someone who doesn't reject the truth, doesn't reject God. They are, Romans 12, two, again, transformed, renewed, made new because they hear this good news that is the gospel and, and they, they understand what Jesus is about. Do they understand that we as Christians, and that's our biggest thing on this podcast is sharing the love of Christ. We did it a few weeks ago when we approached Jim Cornette about the age thing. You know, we shared love, we shared Christ. And if he heard it, he, you know, I, I pray he did, but if not, somebody heard it. Yeah. Somebody realized, oh, man, OK, well, they're giving us answers, at least, but they're sharing it with love. They're not condemning, saying, hey, don't be stupid. You know, that's the thing is Jesus would tell you you're in the wrong. He did it many times to Peter. He rebuked him. He called him Satan one time, yeah. you know, but he also would wrap his arms around him and say, I love you. And let me show you what this is about. Yeah. And that's exactly what that's exactly what we need to do. There's too many. I've, I've heard too many stories of of the drunk coming in a church with liquor on his breath and, yeah. and being turned away. When did the church go from being the hospital for the sick uh, yeah. to this high and mighty social club that, you know, we, we turn people away if they don't fit our standards. That, that was sure. never what the, the church was intended to be. Right. You look at the Brownsville revival, man. I tried to do a little study on that. And this place was on fire for what is it, five or six years, I want to say, that this revival was going on with Dr. Brown, Steve Hill. I mean, so many amazing men of God came through there. And if they would have turned people away, there would have been no revival. He, you know, Dr. Brown tells me stories of men and women, uh, high schoolers coming to the altar, laying down, you know, drug paraphernalia, you know, <laughs> weapons and uh, condoms and just all kinds of stuff, dude. Like yeah. he goes, it was he goes, I'm not gonna say unbelievable. He goes, it was the power of the Holy spirit because it was sweeping through that place. And it was that love that they were feeling, you know, not condemnation of, of, Oh man, he's, I can't do this. Like, you know, these people don't love me. They're pointing fingers at me. If they'd have done that, there'd have been no revival. They would have stopped the power of the Holy spirit. Um, 
and and it would have never worked like it did. Like I said, we went down a little bit of a rabbit trail. Um, I believe that that was definitely a Holy Spirit led rabbit trail right there. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> we, we got, we covered one verse in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, sometimes you get a good sermon off of one verse and you know what? We'll talk about it. Maybe next week we'll, we'll jump into uh, the rest of Romans one. Casey and I can chat about it. Cause there's some good stuff in there about, you know, God's wrath on the unrighteous world, which is a lot of what we're seeing now. So, but you know what? We're, we're very uh, happy with letting the Holy spirit lead our conversations. That's how you usually get the best subjects, man. Amen. And that's, that's what we've done today. And I, I believe, I believe uh, that it's, it's helped us and I believe it's going to help others out there too, when they, when they hear it. So Romans one sixteen. everybody chew on that for a few days and uh, you know, yes. we'll cover, we'll finish covering the rest of this chapter on next week's episode. So, all right. So social media, uh, I am still real Casey cage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so on Twitter, it would be at Gunner underscore CWL. And then for Instagram, it's just CWL underscore Gunner. For some reason, I, I did both of them different. But anyway, uh, there you go. We'll, we'll tweet it out and stuff like that. Still, um, you know, looking forward to, to the future, brother. So anyway, Gunner underscore CWL. There you go. You can, uh, you can keep up with us there. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, or prayer requests, feel free to email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. And uh, like we had uh, put out on social media this week, we love fan art. We know that there's a lot of you guys out there creative and and you've got the the mind for uh, editing and designing. And that's not really one of my strong suits. So, uh, you know, if you guys want to, if you feel led to, you know, make us make graphics, uh, make pictures for wrestling for the faith. Be sure to send them in. We'll try to use them. You know, we really appreciate everybody's support and, uh, and everybody praying for us and, and all the feedback that we get. It's great. And it's a, it's a great encouragement. Amen. I, I concur. I second that. Thank you guys so much. All right, guys. Uh, be sure to visit the wrestling for the faith Facebook. And until next week, God bless you. We love you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to wrestling for the faith. Don't forget to follow Casey cage on Twitter at real Casey cage, follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CW Lale underscore gunner and follow the show at facebook.com slash wrestling for the faith.